On this episode of Lockdown Lightning, we're taking a look at the season Mikhail Sergachev had. What more can we expect on the horizon? All that and more. But first, let's play that music. Your Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Adam Danker. Today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use that code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. So on today's episode, we're continuing our off-season player review segment. Today, we're taking a look at Mikhail Sergachev. Now, Mikhail Sergachev... I'm going to say right off the bat, spoiler alert, whatever, whatever you want to call it, or had a very unexpected good season. And as we go throughout the course of this episode, we're obviously going to discuss why he had as good of a season that he had statistically, um, as well as, you know, just looking at the eye test, because as you know, here on Locked on Lightning, yeah, we take a look at stats. We 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 look at the stats and and we we add some weight to that. But I think especially in the game of hockey, as well as all sports, people need to look at the player and need to watch the player enough. And and you know, that doesn't count for some players. You know, the superstars, they're gonna get their points, their points are gonna speak large louder and, and bigger than anything else they do like the Connor McDavid's and Ethan McKinnon's, but you know, the guys and, and even like the Braden points, but guys like Mikhail Sergachev, uh, Eric Chernak, who we previously spoke about. And if you haven't go ahead and look at that episode, uh, had a lot of fun talking about Eric Chernak's season. Mikhail Sergachev, I think has been a very good, interesting story. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, came here via trade uh, in se- uh, seventeen from the Montreal Canadiens after only playing four games up there. So, you know, very. I always forget that he was with the Canadiens, but then you know, played has played six years uh, in Tampa Bay, and he's just gotten better and better and better. And I think that as the cases for every younger young player on this team has been that that Stanley Cup that they won in the bubble, I think really did a lot for these players and these deep playoff runs uh, have also helped them. And what I mean, how they benefit from that has been just their development and, and just being able to grow up at through the process of going to the playoffs every single year, playing in big games. I think that you see, you know, one could even make the case that the earlier in their career that players are exposed to those type of games, those type of runs, I think in the end, for the most part, I think that they develop at a faster rate. And, you know, I'm not talking about superstars. You know, Mikhail Sergachev, very good player. Very good defenseman, not a superstar. 
I think he's a star. I don't think he's on the upper tier of NHL, <clears throat> I guess, heavyweights, if you want to call it. Victor Hedman, a couple of years ago, superstar. Last couple of years, well, last year, really, not so much. Um, but, yeah, so just, just that is a, a measuring stick. But this past season for Sergey, 79 games played, 10 goals, 64 points. I think that's the thing that really, really jumps out at you when you look at his stats this year. He also had three power play goals, uh, which is huge. Two of his goals this year were also game winners. And really, I, I mean, the guy, I think we used to kill him a lot. Well, I used to kill him a lot, especially when we started this podcast. because And, and a lot of it had to do with being young during that season. Uh, in which they won the cup. Um, he just gave up a lot of, he he was just not very good with handling the puck. And I think that that is the case for a lot of young, um, very young defensemen in this league. You know, a lot of guys, especially, you know, if you're not a two-way defenseman to start off. And I don't think Sergachev was really ever a two-way defenseman. I think, you know, if I had to place him in one category, I would say a solid defenseman, blue liner. I don't think that, you know, he does have his spurts where he can show that he can shoot the puck and that he can really score uh, when when the shots come to him. And, and really that's the big thing. You know, that's the big statement there is that when they do come to him and a lot of it also has to do with him just not being aggressive, which I think is really the case with a lot of defensemen who have the shot like Sergachev has, but at the same time, just, you know, maybe it's not the system. Maybe it's just, they're not confident enough. A guy like Sergachev, where we spoke about coming into this season for him, the big thing was that, you know, limit the turnovers because as we saw last year, that was his biggest, his, his biggest crutch was, you know, he played well offensively. He was able to spread the puck around a guy that I thought coming into this year was ready to quarterback the power play. Uh, he definitely was able to do that this year as well, which is why he had an uptick uh, in his production. But really on the other side of the ice was going to be the the interesting part. And I guess really just his puck handling in general. Uh, like I said, you know, unfortunately, that was the only thing we could really knock him for. You know, the offense was there. Like I said, he's not a, a big, he's not a Cal McCarr. He's not a Miro Heiskanen. He, he's not one of those guys, okay? He's not an Owen Power. He's He's a guy who can facilitate the puck probably above average for defensemen. And some people might disagree with me in the comments below about that. And that's perfectly fine. But I, I think as he continues to develop, and yes, I don't think that he is nowhere near done developing his game. And, and I don't think a lot of players are. I think maybe once you get to age 30, maybe we could kind of take a step back and say, all right, he's done. But you know, even though he's been in the league for seven years, you forget he's only 24. He's about to turn 25 next week. So still a lot to develop in his game. And, and I think that for guys like Sergachev, where you go from kind of being 
and how can I how can I phrase this respectfully? When you go from being just kind of like a role player, a, a, a somewhat of a deaf defenseman, and I'm not saying he wasn't. I mean, he was he was a guy who was, I believe, at the time when when McDonough was here. Um, no, when he was paired up with Ruda, excuse me, and and I mean it flip flopped all around. I think it was him and Chernak for a while, and and I'm talking about. 2020, 21, and a guy who's looked at is a lot of upside in his game to to play the game the right way to to be effective on the two on on the defensive side of things, but at the same time, like I said, has shown flashes that he could shoot the puck, that he could score, and whenever kind of we looked at in the past, uh, his his issues that we've had with him and and really that has really been just uh turning over the puck and and not being able to to limit the amount of turnovers um it's been frustrating and but at the same time i think we've kind of looked past that as well so i i think that now though as we're kind of looking towards the future and we're at a point now, especially where statistically he's coming off his best season, I think in his career and also the eye test. I think that definitely he's, he's gone from young baby face player to seasoned veteran. And, you know, like some might disagree because he's still 25, still a lot of hockey to play, but, that's where he's at. But I think also the reason why at least I look at him is kind of, all right, now is the time, whatever mistakes that we kind of let go of in the past that we kind of threw to the the wayside because of age or inexperience. Um, you can't really make that excuse anymore. Like I alluded to earlier, the best thing about for him really in his career was that he was really – exposed to so many playoff runs early on and and being able to develop that way but i think really the thing and and this is what a lot of sports i believe and a a lot of athletes is now it's it's gotten to a point with him to where we can't really the maybe the we, we 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 really can't look past a lot of the stuff going forward like next season if he has the numbers that's great and this year he did very good of of limiting his 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 giveaways. There was a couple instances, you know, later on the season, especially when the Lightning were not playing well at all. And and you know, I'm willing to chalk that up to when everybody's not playing well, it's very impossible to kind of just pick on one when one person that is not playing well. You know, when the whole team sucks. The whole team sucks. You know, you can't just pick out one or two players and say, well, that's the reason why that this team is has lost four or five games in a row. No, that when everybody sucks, it affects everybody. And but when we look at Sergachev and and I think now for the foreseeable future, I think now we got to look at it. Well, especially with so much that has been made of the salary cap and how the Lightning need to start spending their money wisely and, and really you're looking at these long-term deals that Julian Brees boss, like I spoke about in the last episode, Julian Brees boss, you know, his contracts that he's given to these guys, these long-term deals, Paul Sorelli, 
and Sergachev. Sergachev got an eight-year deal, $68 million. That is going to be something that I think Lightning fans are going to be maybe at times a little bit more overcritical of Sergachev. Uh, Sorelli, I think, is going to be fine. Uh, Paul, I think, is going to be fine. You know, I think, though, when you do make mistakes as a defenseman, I will say it is probably a little bit more amplified um, just because of the position you play. And and more times than not, usually those mistakes lead to goals for the opposing team. But overall, I think this was a great year for Sergachev. Um, like I said, I, I think that we, we, we saw him grow up. I, I think that the Mikhail Sergachev that were that we saw in 21, 22, and then well, really from 19 to 22 was a different person back then. And then that was kind of still like the kid. And now this year we saw Mikhail Sergachev the man. Um, and we'll talk more about that because I really want to dive into that and and really, you know. Was that more the circumstances surrounding that? Was that more situational or are we going to see more of this, this little bit of an uptick in production, at least in the stats as well? Um, and and what could have those, could those circumstances, you know, propel him even farther in his development uh, going future. So we'll talk about that, but first I want to talk about our friends over at bird dogs now if you haven't heard about bird dogs listen bird dogs was very nice to us and sent over a pair of pants as well as a yeti tumbler that i drink out of it every single day now listen bird dogs they they offer great fit slimmer shorts through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look summer is coming up it's basically here in most parts of the country so you want to look good and you want to feel good while you're looking good bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but fit way better they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks like khaki but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry and long all day long. So you could go golfing in the morning and head out to the bars at night and you could still wear the same pair of Bird Dogs. So go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NHL. For a free Yeti style tumbler, you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So, as always, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of the day. And if you haven't already done so, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel on YouTube and follow us wherever our podcast is distributed in audio form. And if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, guess what? Listen, we are ticking up towards the 1000 mark. I believe we're on the threshold, I believe now, of 650 which is phenomenal considering where we were in early April. So, and it's all because of all of you that have subscribed and, and continue to follow the show. And as we get closer and closer, we'll provide more information, but listen, once we hit the 1000 mark in subscribers, we'll be raffling off a signed Vincent LeCavier puck and to any of our subscribers. So make sure as long as you are subscribed to the show, you are automatically entered into that contest so don't forget to do that so looking at 
Mikhail Sergachev's year. Once again, 79 games played, 10 goals, 54 assists. That amounts to 64 points. The one thing that I always look at with, with defensemen that I really think, you know, is not a big deal, but I think it's also kind of a good measuring stick, especially if you're on a good team as the Lightning were on paper. You know, obviously, if you watch this team every night, especially in the latter months, uh, not so good. But Sergachev, his, his plus minus was 13, which is phenomenal. Those penalty minutes were down. He only had 15, uh, 53 penalty minutes all season long, which is great considering what was going on around him throughout this season. Uh, and just the recap for those who maybe are just forgotten or are joining, actually, uh, the podcast for the first time. So just to recap, as you may or may not know, Victor had been just a very disappointing year after having one of the best seasons he's had in his entire career. And a lot of it had to do with injury. But at this point in his career where he's nearing 35, you have to kind of wonder, is age starting to carry uh, catch up with him? Not so sure about that. That book is still yet to be written. That question is still yet to be answered. But the thing that really impressed me while Victor Hedman was pretty much, for the most part, the entirety of the season, a non-factor playing through injury, Mikhail Sergachev stepped up to the plate. He quarterbacked this power play. He did a very good job, really kind of, especially with the line that he was playing on, kind of flip-flopping with Chernak. I think he had Perbix on his line as well early on in the season. I did. I think he did a very good job of just taking command, of, of, of being that defenseman who went out there and kind of was almost like the field general, as you kind of see like in football, like when Tom Brady was with the Buccaneers or with even like the Patriots going on the field, mounting a drive and, and just kind of just not even really saying much, just kind of just having that commanding effect, that commanding presence. And I, I think we could all agree that Mikhail Sergachev had that effect. I think that he went out there, he was all over the place, which was great. What you like to see without really giving up too much in his game. Um, the stats speak for, for themselves. He was very much heavily involved in the offense of this team. A lot of that had to do with really him getting a little bit more time on the power play, uh, as well as, you know, getting a little bit more ice time and, and at the same time still managing to play a 200-foot game, which can be very uncomfortable maybe for some 24-year-old defensemen. You know, you have to kind of realize, even though he's been in the league for seven years, he's still very much in the early stages of his NHL career. And to go out there with, which I think maybe some might disagree, but in my opinion, to go out there with that that attitude and that stoic, just that stoic vibe about you that, you know, I'm going to, I got this of a, of a grizzled veteran really speaks volumes about where he's at mentally. You know, there was moments obviously throughout the course of the season where he reverted back to his old mistakes and, and, you know, that still, like I said, he's still very young in terms of being a human being. He's going to be 25 next week, which in the perspective of a lot of things is very young. And I still think that, you know, regardless of what position you play in, hockey especially in the nhl you're still learning at 25 you're still unless you're a superstar unless you're a conrad david a Kyle McCarr, uh a nathan mckinnon you know 
list goes on. We could sit here all day and list superstars. Um, or a Braden Point, even. You know, you're still kind of figuring things out. You know, I think, like I said, not until maybe 30 is when kind of like what you see is what you get with these guys. And I think that's the exciting part when we look past when we look back on the on this season for Mikhail Sergachev. You know, if he continues to develop, we could kind of look back on the 22-23 season and say, this is where he became Mikhail Sergachev. It wasn't during the playoffs. It wasn't when, you know, when when he first started playing on this team in 17-18. And I really think that that should be very exciting, even though there's a lot of question marks surrounding this lightning team going into next season offensively defensively i think that he is even going to be able to play a bigger part next year um i would probably say and this might be a little bit blasphemous for some lightning fans and perfectly fine if you get upset and comment on it but i i truly believe next year especially if victor hedman continues his trend of you know like we said it and they even spoke about it after the playoff series with toronto concluded his ineffectiveness throughout the course of this year and that was he was dealing with some injuries all season long which i get but at the same time sit the guy but if this turns out to not be just an injury thing I think at least the conversation can be had about moving Sergachev up to the first line with Chernak. I don't see a reason as to why not. I don't, but at the same time, I don't think Perbix is a first line defenseman. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's he has the maturity. He shows that he's got a little bit of fire in his scoring. But other than that, I mean. I just think that the lightning kind of John Cooper just fell in love with him at that top spot with Hedman and just hope that lightning struck at the same time with both these guys on that line. And obviously it never did, but I don't think it's a bad idea to put Sergachev on the first line. Clearly he's ready. He has that, like that's like I said, he has that, that floor general personality to where he could act as the point guard, uh, when they're in the offensive zone, you know, whether or not Kucherov, I know Kucherov usually takes the point on a lot of stuff like that, but not a necessarily a bad thing to have both those guys out there. And at the same time, especially if it's earlier on the season and Hedman has proven at that point in the middle of November that he's still not back. I don't think it's a bad idea to move Perbix and, and Hedman down to the second line because if and when those two do strike gold, you have that insurance policy on the second line, but at least you're kind of putting your best foot forward with Sergachev and Chernak, who you kind of know at this point what you're going to get out of those two when they play together. And like I said, it's all about maturity. It's all about us taking that leadership responsibility. And I think Sergachev is there. Now, as to whether or not his past success this past season is attributed to more moments, uh, more minutes on the ice, excuse me, because of Hedman and, and kind of team still focusing on Hedman. 
um, focusing on Kucherov point and those the, the seasons those two had is still yet to be seen, you know, and, and I'm sure throughout the course of this year, as well as certain and, and probably the rest of his career, people are going to look at his stats and not only his stats, a lot of players on this team is their stats because of their individual ability or because of, or is it more like situational? I think it's a little bit of both, which is not a bad thing to say out loud. And it, it's just more so if it is situational, then that I think in the long run, that offers more credit to the player themselves, because then you could say, well, that player, yeah, it was situational. He was, he was on the ice with point Kucherov, uh, Eric Chernak, who is a defensive anchor on this team and player X on the wing. Cause we don't know if it'll be Hagel or, or, or Stamkos wishful thinking it is Hagel, but regardless of that, you know, people are going to say, well, you know what, if his numbers go up, if he does hit 70 points this year and has a little bit more goal scoring, people are going to say, of course he scored more. Look who else is on the ice with him. Well, my my response to that would be, and I think all Lightning fans should look at it this way, is that, well, he took advantage of the situation that he was put in. And if that's if that's not a sign of a savvy, mature player, then I don't know what it is. I mean, that means that he could take in in hypothetical terms could do that anywhere else may not be as flashy or, or maybe the numbers might not be there, but the ability is still there. And I think that's really when we look at Moscow Sergachev, when we look at his past season, when we look at the upcoming 23, 24 season, I think that's something that lightning fans should look forward to. Now, if the, are the numbers going to be around the same? I mean, if, if we look past, if we look at his past seasons, he is kind of hovering around 10 goals, which do I expect him to go higher? Not necessarily. Would I be surprised if he gets to like 15 or around that mark? No, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, he has a very good shot. I think a lot of it with him has to do with just that aggressiveness. You know, it also has to do with intentions. You know, as we know, when players shoot the puck in hockey, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're trying to score more so that they're just, you know, and we've seen this with Sergachev a number of times when he shoots the puck, he's not trying to score. He's, he's hoping there's a rebound because you got guys like Kalorn on the ice that are right there to clean up the garbage. You got the guys on the wing, whether it be Kucherov, Stamkos, Hagel, Paul, Sorelli, whoever it is on the ice with him. Usually I think for the most part, Sergachev, his one of his, biggest uh pros that you could say for him about the offensive side of things and really is the reason why he has a lot of assists this year which was 54 is because he's not trying to score and at the same time he he knows if he tr- if he's trying to score on a goaltender through traffic chances are he's going to hit a defender in front so why not try and at least push it through let it hit somebody in front and then you got someone there to punch it right in for the easy goal so that proves to me that he's ready for a bigger role if it's given to him this year. Like I said, it all depends on how 77 is uh, at the beginning of the year. But um, I think the sky is the limit for Mikhail Sergachev right now. And I'm really excited to see uh, whether or not he could eclipse uh, or even hit, 
eclipse his 60 point mark and get to 70 points in the upcoming season. So we'll keep an eye out for that. So we'll wrap things up in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about our last sponsors of the day, our friends over at Game Time. Now, if you haven't downloaded Game Time, you need to talk, you need to download it today because they have amazing deals to choose from. Now, Game Time makes buying tickets to your your favorite event less stressful than it's ever been anywhere. Game Time is the fast and easy way to bet tickets, to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets. Their best price guarantee. You could never stop. You could never, you could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for the fun you'll have. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download the Game Time app. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So wrapping things up, I I don't know. I, I know there's going to be a good number of people that are going to have an issue with, especially my comment saying that, I think he deserves to be on the first line, hundred percent. Now, because of because of experience and just the amount of time he's been here, we all know that Victor Hedman is going to be on that first line on opening night, whether it's next to Nick Pervix or Eric Chernak. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? But I think that, and I spoke about this, I think, on a couple episodes. Right after the 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 playoff series concluded, I was I was saying how like I I think that if there's one thing we could kind of look back on this on this season with John Cooper is yeah he changes things up throughout the course of the game he's never afraid to do that which is great it's phenomenal but I don't think and and. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't really think that's beneficial. You know, if you're rolling out the same lines every single game to start, and then you're like, well, this doesn't work. Let's do Chernak and this is never a thing, but just throwing out Chernak and Flurry or whatever, or or let's put Corey Perry on the third line or whatever. No, I I think that really how the philosophy should be. If the changes need to be made, change them and keep them that way. Don't be throwing things around as the game goes on because it takes a while for guys to kind of get acclimated to each other. Regardless if they're playing with each other a lot in practice, it, it doesn't matter. You know, you and, and we've been saying this the forever on this show is that you could practice seven days a week for, for 52 weeks a year and it will never ever come close to anything remotely close to game speed and so if, you, if you're playing colton on the first line with hagel and point and in practice but don't do it in a game and then the playoffs roll around and you finally do that four months later you think it's you're gonna strike goal you're gonna hit lightning there no that's not how it works i i really think that john cooper's philosophy and his unwillingness almost to not change things around when he really needed to. I mean, the big the big uh, thing that stuck out to a lot of people was just that dead weight. And I'm sorry to say this, but the dead weight of Stamkos on the first line, especially as he kind of was just anemic and scoring down the stretch, 
he did find ways to score here and there, but at the same time, I mean, when Hagel is hot as he's been all season long and he's still on the second line, A, it's not fair, and B, at the end of the day, you're just doing your team in just a, an injustice. So let me know in the comments below. Do you believe that Mikhail Sergachev is ready for full-time first-line duty? Uh, you could message us on Twitter, LO underscore lightning on Twitter, or message the Instagram account, locked on underscore lightning on Instagram. Or if you want to get in touch with me personally, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at DankyDank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-8-N-K. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Drop a comment below. You could also comment there. Let me know what you think. Is he ready? I think he's ready. Like I said, it all depends on two things. John Cooper's willingness to to move Hedman down because, listen, it's tough. You know, your veteran defenseman who's one of the best in the league, I still think. it, And, and then, you know, Hedman's not going to be exactly thrilled by that either. But if it's the best situation for everybody involved in the long term, then you got to do it. And as well as it also depends on how Hedman plays, because if he's back to his old self, then really in reality, there's no reason as to why he needs to be moved down. But, you know, we're we're playing the hypothetical what if game. So if 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 worst case scenario, if, if Hedman is not playing well again and Sergachev is still playing the same way, we all know he does move him up. Doesn't hurt. So. We'll continue our player reviews, so make sure to hit that notification button if you follow us on any app-based uh, platforms so you're, you're notified as soon as the newest episode drops. So in the meantime, that's been it for this episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.